Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. Hello, Internet. Uh, <laughs> this is a show on Tuesday. I am Tim CK, your host. Well, one half of the host and the verbal hosting. The technical hosting today is handled by one Mr. Aaron Humphreys. Which means the show is going to just be a train wreck, but we'll go forward. Yes. <laughs> a forward your face already is a train wreck. I know. And we are uh, joined by uh, Mackenzie Wertman. Hello. Queen. Queen McKenzie. Yes. Queen, that's right. You should rewrite that in your little tag. I know, right? I should. The, the, the Queen. Queen McKenzie. Queen McKenzie. Yeah. Or the Queen. The Queen. I was going to put on mine Jose better than Mackenzie Fuentes, but I, I guess yeah, but like, it, you know, it's whatever to make you able to sleep at night. We all know the truth. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by Jose Fuentes. Yeah, that's me. I know that guy. Second best. Second best. <laughs> I mean, we'll let any rabble in here, I guess, even even punks, you know, like Jose. Right. Yeah, so we are your Silverline Tuesday crew, and we're talking about fantasy stuff uh, in comics, something we're all very well acquainted with. And the fantastical world building, storytelling, all that good stuff. So we're talking about fantasy? It said talking about fantasy. That- the yeah. demons and wizards and, and so that's kind of the, the our general catch-all tagline but given you know we have as dark rise is a thing but you wait mckenzie what's the solve your comic wait, again wait 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 night rise night, night rise <laughs> dark i'm like wait what, are, what i know i'm i'm stuck on the horse i didn't know he dark was saying mine and then i was like yeah. that sounds like mine and then he looked right. and i was like oh shit which mine <laughs> yeah no i'm currently stuck on horus heresy age of darkness because warhammer um that's fair yeah, but uh, yeah, we have Night Rises as a thing. Also, we've mentioned the name on some official Silverline stuff, so I think I can talk about it now. But I'm also working on Soul Ascendant, which is our Roman fantasy in space. I know, Aaron, you also have quite the uh, resume in, in writing fantasy books that you have recently finished it's up. Strangely I enough, but yeah, I, yeah, you know, it's funny. My fantasy stuff is not, it's all my own mythology. So I don't think I write anything based on tweaking roman or norse right. mythology is all just all my own making up crap but just you know that's I, that's, that's fantasy cool. it's that's great cool. yeah right. yeah i have a friend it's like every time he, he talks spanish he's like yeah but why does it have to be like elves and dwarves and crap can we do anything else like he's so tired of, so i try to like oh yeah i mean i like that fantasy stuff too but i was like yeah it is kind of synonymous with fantasy it's like everything's elves and this stuff and so i'm like oh i know I consider my whole life a fantasy, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any... I, I read, that, like, Skull Kickers. That was kind of a humorous... I've noticed a lot of fantasy anymore is either political or humorous. Mm-hmm. I notice there's not a lot of fantasy books that do straight-up, like, quests and stuff. It's always, uh, like, some weird catch to it. Um like, I rarely see one where these people are going on a quest to save the kingdom or whatever. Like, I, there was one called Seven to Eternity, I think. 
and it was an image book yeah and it was like these fantasy people are like you know transporting this like evil criminal I'm like this sounds cool but then it turned out all the fantasy people basically fantasy versions of superheroes Seventh Eternity is that yeah. is it roughly based off of uh, Three Ten to Yuma? I think so. Yeah, yeah the transporting the criminal. Western, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I don't, you know. On the flop side, I've been enjoying Joe Abercrombie's Age of Madness mm. trilogy, which is fantasy that is entirely political. It's a, <laughs> so it's the sequel trilogy to First Law. Okay, gotcha. I think you mentioned that before. Yeah, so it's following the kingdom, which is. Not a metaphor for England. Yeah. Going through the Industrial Revolution as magic is kind of falling by the wayside and uh, some of the lesser lords are rebelling, rebelling and the maneuverings of the wizard cult and uh, the different lords yeah. and such. So I've been enjoying that. Yeah. Well, I know like yeah. a lot of Japanese fantasy, like Final Fantasy, mm. they mix a lot of like um, technology and then magic together. Um, but most Western fantasy kind of stays a lot. The only other one it close to is maybe like um, Conan type fantasy, high fantasy, but a lot of it is like D&D, which I don't mind, but I have noticed like, oh. I'd almost wish they'd make more comics like that, even in the D&D, but I rarely see comics. Like, I actually listened to uh, somebody talk online about why aren't there more fantasy comics? You think this would just be like up there with superhero comics and stuff, but they're just not. I, I can't quite figure that out either. Mm-hmm. So... Um- DC is doing what is it a uh, uh, Dark Knight of Steel? Yes, um, yeah, that's set in like a fantasy setting or whatnot. Fantasy yeah, okay. and I've been I've actually been enjoying what I've, I've seen of that. Uh, having Harley Quinn as an actual jester in uh, right? Batman's court is that is great. Yeah, that. Um, well, I mean, even Wonder Woman is technically straight up fantasy more than mm-hmm. superhero. Usually, when they yeah. write it, they she can kind of mix between the two. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's weird because I've I if there's a good fantasy comic, I'll be down to buy it. But mm-hmm. man, you really got to hunt them down to find them. <laughs> if you really break everything down, though, like pretty much all those genres really do fall into fantasy. Yeah, well, well, yeah, you know, we get into like yeah, which is uh, something we covered in full sale, which is like the idea of the fantastical, uh, mm-hmm. which, which is you know everything from science fiction to fantasy, right. and then you have. Uh, sort of in sorcery fantasy when like high fantasy or low fantasy yeah. and, and uh, yeah. grades of science fiction. It's like um, uh, it's a lot of Stan Lee's heroes fall into science fiction because you want to have at least some sort of explanation for it. Yeah. Uh, whereas you look at uh, you know uh, Doctor Fate, Doctor Strange, there's no real explanation other than magic be as magic do. So those fall under fantasy. Yeah, because when I watched the new Doctor Strange, and and Doctor Strange again, but Marvel and DC were mm-hmm. always like this. I mean, they most of the heroes, especially in DC, not so much Marvel but DC, were heroes created in other universe and bought by DC and shoved mm-hmm. into the same universe. Um, but like Doctor Strange, always seemed weird because he's like this guy can do anything, and so he's like, shouldn't he be like? Like it, he kind of almost makes the other superheroes pale in comparison sometimes, and I, I don't necessarily. I mean, but then Marvel's always done that; they throw everything in. I mean, you have yeah. vampires and, and whatever, and all of that stuff. Right. So, and we didn't get Moon Knight kicking down Dracula's door looking for his money. Not yet. No. <laughs> Season two is coming. Yep. I did I have. I did. I watched the first two episodes of Moon Knight and then never finished it. That, I, that's the it. last two episodes were my favorite. Oh yeah. 
yeah. Moon Knight actually um, a fun, fun, fun fantasy. Right. Setting. It's, it is like the setup is just Egyptian gods are real. Um, and you know, borrows a real mythology on the terms of like avatars and and all that. So, yeah, it's actually very much straightforward a, a mythological fantasy, right. and it was, pretty, uh, it was pretty legit. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that's was, was a great time. Um, not trying to get into too much water area, so right. but uh yeah so dealing with uh we are, are some fancy comics now i'll probably get more into uh uh night rise godlings and soul senate uh in a bit here so we can now use this as a way to talk about how we created our own sets of fantasy mm-hmm. um but we uh jose uh your experience working with fantasy creating observing uh enjoying i love fantasy i think anything fantasy is worth reading and i don't care who says otherwise um, I started off, I think I was, I played D and D for the first time when I was 12. You know what I mean? Um, my, we were at my aunt's house and my cousin's cousins were playing and I st- sat there and watched them play. And I was like, I want to play this. And so I made them teach me how to play. And then after that, it was like, I think through junior high, I would just read a couple of different fantasy books here and there. I read, and then I found out a friend of mine had some books in his uh, locker in high school and I killed the uh, Dragonlance Chronicles trilogy oh, yeah. in three days, like nonstop, just reading the crap out of them. And then I went through the entire Dragonlance run, like every book they have. And then I, I ran out of stuff to read. And then uh, I found out about Forgotten Realms. And my best friend mentioned to me about the Icewind Dale trilogy. Mm-hmm. And um, I finished those in about four days. And he... I think seven years later, he hit me up and was like, hey, by the way, I finally finished book one of Icewind Dale. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Time yeah. of the twins. Yeah. Did you guys ever read a series called The Myth Series by Robert mm-hmm. Asprin? No one's ever read that. No, I, I kept it like, I everything I read it was is pretty much in the same, like, like same world. Like, I, I like, for me, it was like Dragonlance. So, like, or not, you know, uh, Dragonlance. I played in Dragonlance my first mm-hmm. time I ever played. So, like, I wanted to read all the books. I wanted to know about the different histories. And most of it was like, I read Chronicles and I'm like, who is this legend of human dude? And so, like, I had to find the book so I can read about him. And so, when I had my uh, friends read it, I was like, read this one first. It's going to make a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, minus that, like, in regards to like fantasy stuff, like, I'm in the process of slowly trying to collect all the, um, advanced Dungeons and Dragons comic books mm. that Dan Gersima worked on. You know yeah. I mean? um, I've got a few. I don't have a lot, but I'm also working on kind of slowly working on compiling the list of issues I need to get. So, on top of that, um, yeah, I just, I love anything, almost anything fantasy. Even if, like, I wasn't even a big fan of, of the Lord of the Ring books just because I hadn't read them. Mm-hmm. And then I actually saw the movies first. Well, actually, I saw that cartoon. <laughs> the Hobbit cartoon first. That was yeah. yeah. But uh, then, like, I saw the movies and then, like the movie more so things. I love anything like that. Like, I mean, my go-to genre is like apocalyptic, but mm-hmm. man, fantasy is right on its tail. It's oh, just, yeah. it's my apocalyptic, it's, it's, like Mad Max apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I absolutely love anything, anything that I can get my hands on. It's like uh, Mad Maxy esque. If I don't know about it, someone tells me about it, I'm gonna read it. Did you ever play the Mad Max video game they released? I actually didn't. Uh, that's worth it. It's cool. 
I heard it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I don't cool. like. I know it's something that I saw, and then when I was like, I couldn't get it at the time. I think I was going to school through school at the time. Yeah. And then I I just forgot about it to be honest with you. Yeah. And then most of the time when you get other games and stuff like that, I don't really play them just because of time tables and like. Were you a big fan of the Terminator series because of the post-apocalyptic scenario? Yeah. Oh yeah, like uh, definitely. Um, was it Terminator Salvation? The one with Christian Bale. That one was yeah. that was one of my favorite because it spent more time in the, in the future. future than the other ones. I think yeah. my my uh, I, I didn't mind Salvation. I watched it once. The ending didn't really stick it with me, uh, but there was a lot of stuff that I liked. I liked them explaining more of the future. Yeah, I really like Dark Fate. No, I know a lot of people did. I thought like that Dark was interesting. I mean, that was like we're gonna like <clears throat> and curve it and go a different angle. Yeah. But we're gonna do it in a way that kind of makes sense because then you start breaking into timelines and then like you know. Well, you know why? You know why he did it that way? Because the rights to Terminator went back to James Cameron. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. So the the studio owned it for years. And it's not Warner Brothers who owns it's like Paramount. One of the studios, that's why I saw all these Terminator movies, but after Terminator 2, Cameron was not involved in any of them. And huh. so the rights eventually got knocked back to James Cameron. And he was like, okay, I, if I'm going to make a Terminator, I'm going to make it a direct sequel to 2 and ignore all the ones. <laughs> right. That, and that's exactly really what, he, what he did. And if he had Robert James Cameron has the money and the and the connections yeah. to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, I really liked uh, Dark Fate. I, I loved how they took the idea of the Liquid Terminator and gave him like an endoskeleton and just took that idea a step further. Right. Uh, there was a lot of stuff I really liked it, but everyone hated it because they killed John. And I'm like, screw yeah. John. I like I like <laughs> that they did that. I mean, that's I like it. Yeah, spin. But I like that. Uh, that Ghost Rider was a Terminator. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, and he did a really good job. It's one of those things when I um, watch it, it, they kind of focused more on Sarah Connor and what her role was. Uh, but everyone was so upset they they killed John. I'm like, yeah, but you're dealing with a time travel movie. It's not like they can't go back in time and save him, right? So I mean, but nobody stuck with it enough, so they're not making a sequel to that. So. What one was the which Terminator movie was the one where um the dude that plays Jake Sully and and Avatar was that in was it. the one he's talking that about was salvation. Salvation. That, salvation that's yeah. the one that yeah. that's what I I liked that one I don't know yeah and that, that one I kind of and there was all, all of them were like they went and then it was false starts they would mm-hmm. they would mm-hmm. always uh, I just considered I considered Dark Fate the third. And canon because it came from James Cameron and, and, gotcha. and Terminator's yeah. a little bit. If it if it comes from Cameron because it was his baby, um, but I did like all the other ones mm-hmm. um, because but they kept taking out Sarah Connor and that's mm-hmm. and I mean I understand but they they kind of tried to put in Sarah Connor's other actors but it's like yeah but Lindell Hamilton was Sarah Connor I mean yeah you can't really there's certain roles you can't you mean you know they try to put other Terminators in besides Schwarzenegger and you always have to have him so yeah. Um, I personally am just kind of like I. I just hope they kind of leave Terminator to die. Just leave it be. Leave it be. Do something else. I think it's it's done all it can. I think Dark Fate was enough of a. Oh, that's kind of cool. It didn't go forward with it. There was supposed to be two others planned. It didn't connect, so it ended the movie. It ends, you know, technically the way the first two yeah. ended. So I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. Just end I it. think honestly, Terminator could it probably should go the way of like, no way, Alien and Predator went for a while where it's. 
just forget the movies, just let Dark Horse or uh, 2000 AD get the comic rights for it and do Expanded Universe. Uh, Dark Horse did a great job. Yeah, they did some really badass stuff for Terminator. Freaking, uh, I remember. Predator. Or not Predator, but uh, Aliens. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, there was so much. I remember one of the better Terminator scenes in the comic was one of the Terminators actually walked across one of the oceans, like the Atlantic Ocean or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was such a cool concept that he's so, I mean, like, the fact, like, yes, he's so on mission that he would just literally walk across the bottom of it, make his way across the, bottom <laughs> of the ocean. I'm like, that's yes. a trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did some, the aliens, it is some really cool stuff with the aliens. And uh, I saw the trailer for the new Prey. I'm kind of bummed it's not in theaters. It's only on Hulu. But if they stick with the way it looked like, like, she's just straight up, like, no magic fairy. I'm I'm afraid they're gonna start having to do stuff like in the new Mulan movie. She's like running on walls. Which one? But if they Prey? don't, what? What's Prey? Prey is an actual sequel to. It's the newest Predator movie, but it's called Prey. Oh. And uh, you can watch a trailer, and it's the Predator actually fighting a Comanche. I think she's a Comanche girl, brave in 17th century. What? It looks cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. If yeah, they stick with. Cool. Yeah, I know if they what stick I'm doing after the show. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's a very short trailer, but it's like if they stick with it and make it realistic and have her use her wits, that's going to be a really cool show. The guy who did Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I really like, mm. he directed this. Ooh, so okay. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, then I have some hopes. This might be pretty cool. Yes. That's the one with the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one in the basement. That was one of my favorite ones of all the yeah. Goldfield also, uh, wrapping back around, is an interesting like example of uh, it's almost like hidden fantasy. Like you almost want to say it's yeah. sci-fi, but it's there's no explanation for it, and that's the point, which makes it pull yeah. more to fantasy. Where like this could just be some weird magic, whatever. Um, but the uh, the the world building exists in the lack of world building. For yeah. Like yeah. I really nobody liked. There was one they did where they did the space station. Where I think it was actually turned out to be a pre equal to the original Cloverfield, right? Like I think, um, and how like reality kept warping and moving on the spaceship. That was one of my. I really liked that one. Nobody liked that one. I'm like, this was cool because it's like this guy's arm would fall off and then come alive, and he could still control his. I mean, even though the arm came off, he could still move it because it had to do with like. Yeah, uh, probabilities and stuff. That was a really yeah. cool Cloverfield was cool because it did these sort of stories, like you said, it did disconnect the stories world building around this sort of event, but none of the stories were really like none of the people in the stories knew each other. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was a cool. That's I, I like that. Thing. Me. Uh, <laughs> I've not seen it. Uh, if you haven't seen any of them, they're worth it. Yeah. What's the you one can... where like the girl gets like taken by what's his face down into like a bait or like it's like a basement like a fall that's, the, that's in the lane. lane yeah 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 that one that, i was so like i was I, like i felt like what happened to the original plot of the movie for uh, that it's, one. that's it's that's this john uh john goodman acting his butt off for yeah. like <laughs> two hours yeah yeah, yeah i was it, like it, what what happened with the original plot of the movie <laughs> Yeah, I think it was just again. I, I think the way J.J. Abrams is painting that is anyone can come into that mm-hmm. Cloverfield yeah. universe and tell their own stories in it. And so yeah. that's what I, as long as it's kind of within the same storyline or same universe, they can tell individual stories in it, which I think is kind of cool. Um, yeah, because you could watch 10 Cloverfield Lane completely not watching the other ones and, mm-hmm. and totally pretty much understand what's happening. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, um, 
it's funny. I, what do you think about fantasy movies like fantasy TV series? I never thought we'd see stuff like The Witcher stuff look as good as uh, uh, The Witcher just makes me so happy. Um, uh, and like Witcher is in this weird space because like the books, the games, they're all great, but they're never as good as your head makes it. Like critically, yeah. there's yeah. issues with everything, but just as a whole, like, I know this is exactly like, like the polished level of like the '90s fantasy camp that we got, but like, yeah, with an attempt to be good. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I never got into. I think I watched the first season of Game. Excuse me, Game of Thrones, and never got into it. I don't know. I just, I didn't know who to root for, and I no think one. I, yeah, and I, no I, I came to the point where I thought this guy. I'm like, I thought this guy was in love with that guy. And she, no, this guy's in love with the woman. It's the other guy, and I'm like, okay, I give up. And you I just kind of threw it in. What? You root for the White Walker to come and wipe everyone out. <laughs> yeah, I finally. Yeah, I watched the first season. I know there were a bunch of seasons. Uh, I I've heard that they want to make a Conan TV series. Huh. Um, if they stick close to Robert E. Howard, I think it would work, but I think it'd be problematic. I don't see traditional Conan working in this political climate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think, think that would be a lot of problems. Like OG Conan, like freaking, like you said, Robert E. Howard Conan. No, 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 it would no way. Yeah. They'd so I'm like politically correct them. Yeah. <laughs> And then that would kind of ruin it. Uh, I know they showed that Lord of the Rings trailer for the new TV yes. series. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. I'm, we're that's kind of the uh, the the consensus we had at the tournament is that we're ex- we're more so excited for the Helm Hammerhand anime that's coming out, but yeah. we are all pr- still like excited for the Amazon show, but we don't want to talk about it because the Lord of the Rings community online is very toxic. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I believe that. And uh do not get too deep into it, but when you have to when someone when someone's comment on something is why is Delph Black and you have to explain, well elves don't exist. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that and I just yeah. assumed there would be elves from all different skin because just right? depending like elves in the desert would look like that because of right. the sunlight. They would just I mean, develop bare minimum, skin like that. Mm-hmm. Look- at the freaking player's handbook for Dungeons and Dragons, it tells you that they come in different colors, from the, ranging mm-hmm. from this color to this color. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, if you're going to do that, why not just make them blue or green or some color that no one has any problem with? Uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, and also that. would kind of make... We'll, we'll end up with rainbow color elves. Yeah. <laughs> like, they would be pretty elves. Oh, um, God. Yeah, they... um. I don't. I kind of wish sometimes they would quit connecting these shows to larger. I think the fact that it's a Lord of the Rings show, I think, could actually be its downfall. If they just did some random fantasy show, no one would care. Yeah, I think that maybe. I think, I think the fandom maybe it's undoing. It's like Star Wars, where the fandom mm-hmm. is its own worst enemy, uh, which I'm sure McKinsey can relate to. <laughs> but uh, the uh, I, th- I think they did the right call with it. Like I like what Star Wars is doing now with the High Republic. We're like, okay, we're done connecting to Skywalker Saga. We're going so far back, and no one cares. Yeah, and I I <laughs> I like. Shadow I have Empire theories. I'm just saying. I, yeah. I have theories. But, we won't uh, get into them yet. Sure, sure. but uh, I I do I do think that the uh, going back like okay we're doing something about you know uh, the forging of the rings we're going to touch on the second age and also it's going to feature a lot more just the the Rangers of Numenor which right they have been mentioned but haven't really been developed. So that'd so, be cool. 
that's yeah. that's the yeah the that's where um or Aragorn was mm-hmm. uh, was he one of the Rangers? Or was he just trained by them? He's uh, so the yes, so Aragorn was a Ranger, but this is like uh, several centuries beforehand, right? Where they came from? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so this is essentially like how that how like the the not necessarily the origins, but you know what made this this organization as famed as they were, right? Yeah, when I is just that, I, I still House of Dra- House of the Dragon coming out because they're doing that for like Game of Thrones mm, as well, yes. where they're yeah. trying to yeah. like the, going back to do the Targaryens uh, invading yeah, Westeros. Yeah, Targaryens yeah. Downfall. I mean, if they're gonna do any of the any of the families, I mean, at least they're doing Targaryens. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. People. And, I, and I, I love Matt Smith. I think he was a great choice. Yes, yes, Matt Smith yeah. is yeah great. Wait, what? Uh, uh, Matt Smith is playing. Is he with the Mad King? This is before Mad King. This is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is initial amazing. I can't remember which one he is. Like but, Demarian uh, or Demonian, yeah, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but um, no, it's a D. I know that. Yes, my uh, my, my partner is very has uh, is reading through um, uh, Blood and Fire right now, the prequel book. So mm. she, she's excited for it. Um, I haven't, yeah, I haven't read, like I said, Game of Thrones never really, I like I when it comes really to fantasy. I wish I could have gotten to Game of Thrones. I like got through season one and it was like, mm. I pushed through it. I got into it. Season two, that's when season eight or whatnot came out and everybody spoiled how it ended. And no. I was like, well, I'm not investing my time if everyone's pissed about the ending. Yeah, that was kind of like the way I saw it. I never, yeah, I... I usually take forever, but I don't know something about. I, I'm kind of one of those people. If you go fantasy, go all in. I'm ne- I've never been a big fan of like, well, it's medieval times, but there's fantasy elements, but very few far in between. I mean, it's like okay, you have dragons, so just I mean, if you're gonna put yeah. dragons in there, just go all in. Have elves, orcs, yeah. have the whole. So, so thing. you're not, so you're not a fan of low fantasy. You like high fantasy. So like, I like high fantasy. If you're just yeah. gonna go I straight like, into it, yeah. It's like if it goes too high, I'm like really weird. Like if it goes too much, I don't like it. But like if it's like. And this is probably stupid, but like I felt, I remember like falling in love with Narnia when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. like that felt like just enough. Like it was like you could connect the realism to everything. Amazing. That is good. I love it. But uh, I'm, I, I like it all. Like I love low fantasy. I like the the romance of the three three kingdoms. It's like uh, a normal like battle line, but Guan Yu just ignites his glaive and cleaves someone in half because sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, also, like, Warhammer, just the most insane, like, uh, myth-fueled fantasy you could find. Yeah. Um, yeah, Warhammer. Well, Warhammer is this isn't, isn't the uh, Warhammer 20, is it? What's the future one called again? Warhammer 40,000, which is, it's more or less sci-fantasy. Isn't it more popular than the old one? Is the original one still more popular? So Warhammer 40k was actually original. It was originally Rogue Trader. Then it was uh, the Warhammer 40,000 box set. Uh, okay. And then that launched second edition, which blew up. Uh, but some people were like, or some people were really into the uh, uh, Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings hype, and mm-hmm. were like, "Well, we want some fantasy stuff." So they made Warhammer Fantasy after that, about the same time as third edition. Warhammer oh, Fantasy yeah. that was never, weird. Yeah, Warhammer Fantasy never really blew up. Uh, but 40k continued to uh, blow up, and then around 2015 or so, 
they killed off fantasy altogether and they launched Age of Sigmar because they wanted to make fantasy play more like 40k, but also make it as bonkers. And that has gone well for them. Uh, yeah, so like, I'm, I'm literally painting uh, Double Hammer Angel Man uh, for Hammer Fantasy right now, Age of Sigmar. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and and they are... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. And then Tommy uh, says, there's a you know, scary dude behind yes. you. <laughs> yeah, hey, Tommy, yeah. He, he needs his lightsaber. You need my, to get uh, one of those. No, my, my issue is I find him attractive, not scary. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and on that statement, we go straight into the uh, Silver Line Show Tuesday After Hours edition. <laughs> um, she said, McKenzie, just let go, let go of Darth Vader, let go of him. Uh, but you need to get one of those FX. Uh, I have one. Do you have one? Does it? Can you actually fit in his hand or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I That's just like good. I said, he. I I would prefer him not even being in the house with the renovations, but we. Uh, there's just no room with everything, so he got shoved in here. So got tar- as you have people working at a renovation, just have him coming around corners. Yeah. No, he's scared <laughs> so many people on these renovations. <laughs> he's also down with the dark size. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> nice. Mm. And with that, you know, yeah. We're yeah. going to the after after hours. <laughs> I still think my favorite Sith was always Darth Maul. The original one. I just thought he he looked like this like cannibal dude. Mm. And yeah, so I'm like Yeah, he, he I loved I mean Darth Vader was but there was something about him. He was just like the son of cannibalistic evil headhunter looking guy. I just, yeah, I thought he looked visually cool. Uh, was it Darth Crate? Yeah. Darth Crate. Darth Crate, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Darth Crate is so good. Uh, that, oh. uh, I kept being like an expanded universe lord, Darth Crate definitely felt like the natural extension to the, the villain's line going from mm-hmm. the law of council to the law of many, law of two. And then creating the rule of one. So, oh, yeah. Speaking of fantasy comics, well, not fantasy comics. Do you guys read a lot of European fantasy comics at all? Because in Europe, mm. fantasy comics—they yeah. have one of them. Yeah, I actually read more European science fiction, but I have read some Euro fantasy. Um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, uh, the thing that draws me the most to Euro comics is the color palette. Oddly enough. Uh, mm-hmm. this, as a writer, it's not so much a storytelling as much as is, I just really appreciate the palettes they work with. Yeah, sure. they're really some of the stories are just bonkers. Like there was, that's the thing is I like some of the fantasy, but they they don't write a lot of rules. Like I remember one girl in some yeah. book died, and when she died, she split into a bunch of ferrets that ran mm-hmm. off. And they just mentioned like what one guy's like, what happens? Like, well, they always turn in the ferrets and they die. And I'm like, okay, like they'll just mention like this is just you know instead of giving any sort of reason or precursor, <laughs> they just kind of pull stuff out of thin air and it's like, yeah, but that's fantasy. I'm like, that's just like you that's know, like in Pirates of the Caribbean when that goddess becomes crabs. I feel like it yeah. was like I was like, yes. where yeah. did that Calypso, come from? Right? What's it? Uh, yeah, uh, Calypso. Uh, Calypso. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> Accelerate to crab, um, but that's the uh, thing that Scott and I had mentioned on the Wednesday show is that for a lot of times you just need to give away give the throwaway line 
like if you have yeah. too much exposition, the reader puts like a book down because they're like, oh god, yeah. that they, like uh, only Tolkien can do it. Um, but he's <laughs> got that throwaway line, which is uh, Obadiah Stane saying, "Tony Stark built this in a cave," and the guy says, well, "Yeah, Tony Stark." Like, great explanation right. given. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that, yeah. That's, that's enough. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. not. Oh well, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's did you guys ever read a Fire Breather? I did uh, read that, that comic. Oh, Fire Breather was that the one about the kid who was the son of a dragon? Yeah. And yeah, it's like was... the running joke in that thing is the mom's always like, I bet you're wondering how you were conceived. And he's like, no, I'm not. But it's like, <laughs> out of the hell. <laughs> I remember that was, I think that was Robert. Greater Polymorph. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Who did Firestar? know these things? Yeah. Yeah, I read that some of that comic. Like I said, any fantasy comics I get in my hand and I had any sort of fantasy element, I would try to read, but they would there's either some start and don't go, or now they've gotten into almost like the surrealistic fantasy where it's not like it's almost like that Odyssey comic where they did the one where it's like almost surrealism like like psychedelic stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's a little too far. Um Yeah, I don't know. I think fantasy can work, but I think you have to have a consistent world or or look to it. I mean, I really like the bone, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is considered kind of like the classic fantasy comic right now, as far as fantasy comics. Yeah. Um, I did collect all the Dark Horse Conan books, which are good because what they were trying to do was, um, they wrote in the back of the graphic novels they were trying to adapt all of Robert E. Howard's Conan stories, but then put them in a chronological order because he never wrote the stories in any sort of order and so they were trying to discern from his stories how, like where these took place in conan's life and uh, they had I them think, all over the place even like the old comics they had them, like all of a sudden he's yeah in, like was it sumeria and then he's in freaking a pirate and yeah. then he's yeah and that that was he's the way robert e. Howard wrote it. the stories mm-hmm. he would write stories like little snippets of this guy's life in fact i think Robert E. Howard even said, like at one time, something to the equivalent of, "Like I'm not so much writing Conan as chronicling his adventures. Like he's yeah, this yeah. real guy, and I'm chronicling these adventures yeah. of like this reality, which I thought was a cool concept. Um, and I've always really liked kind of the idea. I actually uh, That's this barbarian character. What? Aren't you doing that? Was not. Yeah, I want to start doing that. Writing stories, which is individual short stories, like like Robert E. Howard did it. Uh, Lovecraft did it too, but Lovecraft's hmm. never featured the same character like Conan did. Co- he it, had, you know, it's multiple characters in the same plot essentially. Is that kind right. of as, yeah. as, uh, as fantasy? Some, some Lovecraft, Lovecraft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It falls under um, Eldritch Horror, which is a, a type of fantasy. Yeah, because okay, yeah. I like, uh, I've read all everything. <laughs> yeah, right, like yeah. the idea of like the mythos and whatnot of Cthulhu just is yeah. astounding to me. Yeah, and also he, uh, makes a great. RPG. Yeah. So I've oh, never yeah. played Call of Cthulhu, right? But uh, my understanding is no one wins that game. No one no. does. Everyone uh, and I don't think you're supposed to. Go mad. <laughs> Another sexual uh, player's guide book. But yeah, uh, we had, yes, we. <laughs> I ran that for a Halloween game. And uh, the uh, uh, band of investigators managed to find the summoning circle and the and put together how they were to uh, banish the um, uh, the demon. However, in doing so, they ended up breaking the the ward around the house, so the creatures on the outside were able to get in. the <laughs> The rabbi occultist, the the our, our, yeah. our, 
uh, was able to perform the ritual. The accountant got paralyzed with fear, but was able to hold the tools in place. Our Mountie uh, brawler is a Canadian Mountie who would come down to do fisticuffs with demons. Nice. Uh, got mauled by a zombie, like a necrotized zombie bear. And, oh, interesting. And our, uh, the circus strongman who had been shot the day before was fighting a horde of the undead and died and failed his last luck check. So as he after he after they finished the ritual to banish the demon, the rabbi looked down, noticed the strongman had stepped into the salt circle and broke the barrier. So they all looked up as it even just winked and vanished. <laughs> the mm-hmm. rabbi's like, all right, I'm retiring. I'm 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 done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh I know I I there's this dice game I play called Elder Sign, which is like mm. a very simple, simple version. Yeah. Of stuff, but yeah, Lovecraft stuff is great. Well, the, I mean, Robert E. Howard, he a lot of uh, he was friends with uh, Lovecraft, yeah. and that that was kind of cool because in the back of some of the Conan comics, Dark Horse actually published some of the letters they actually wrote each other. Mm-hmm. They had this huge debate of the natural state of man: was it wild or was it domesticated? Mm-hmm. But that's why every once in a while you'd have like these eldritch sort of horrors in Conan because he would put Lovecraft. And I think Lovecraft actually put one of the books or something from Conan in one of his books, like the Cimmerillion or something like there was some book or something like he would just do little nods to each other's stories yeah, all cool. the time. Uh, um, but yeah, I see. I wish there was more when I grew up in fantasy and in comics, I grew up much more a fan of like Conan, which then translated to He-Man. Mm-hmm. And that sort of high fantasy adventure. I mean, then, you know, we had like shows like the Beastmaster. Beastmaster um, scared the crap out of me. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they, yeah, I remember yeah. as a kid, and then it's like, I could all not like... go into my room after that. I was like, I would walk to my bedroom, turn the hall light on, walk to my room, reach in, mm-hmm. turn the light on. It's funny too because you watch those, and it's like all nudity. I was amazed my mom would let me watch all those like Beastmaster, whatever. And there's like naked chicks running around, and she just didn't even bat an eye, just didn't even, and I never registered. <laughs> I just didn't even register about the nudity. I just wanted to see the. I was in the fantasy and the swords and the animals and, right. and, and Beastmaster is one of the worst. Conan did that too, the original Conan and all that. Uh, so I grew. I think I was just more exposed to like I remember watching the original Ralph Bakshi Fire and Ice, you mm-hmm. know, see finding that show. I'm like, wow, what is all this cool stuff? So I didn't grow up with Lord of the Rings as much. I really liked that stuff, but I've always been more up for like high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I me- I really liked the uh, Never Ending Story. I read the book. The book was okay. Actually, I know. Sorry to most uh, in Never Ending Story fans. I liked the original movie Wolfgang Peterson's take on it because I mm. did read some of the book, and they kind of went. Some of the stuff they did with Sebastian, and I'm like, eh, that's a little more Star Wars. Like he goes evil in the book, and then I'm like, oh, okay, that's stupid. I just like the initial premise that you find out that th- that you know this world could live on in you. It's like, okay, that that's a cool concept. Um, but I like fantasy stuff. I do like surreal fantasy a lot, but then I like high fantasy, like Conan and mm-hmm. stuff. Which well, actually, why that's why I like The Witcher because The Witcher. Is is borderline a little bit? It's like the Lord of the Rings, but it's kind of got that little bit of that high fantasy because the Witcher is more of kind of like a barbarian warrior mm-hmm. guy, yeah. craft yeah. work, and the horror element, that eldritch horror element, I think is really cool. Yeah, with the Witcher, um, yeah, I really like. There was one other 
Um, yeah, but I do remember the green wing things taking the guy, and they turned him into like it was like green slime, and bones would fall well, out. They ate him. They yeah. ate him. Yeah, it was. That's it was. They ate people. And he had <laughs> the little ferrets sure, and the panther and stuff. One hundred percent sure one of those is hiding in my bedroom. So, oh yeah. <laughs> I think at the end, wouldn't they like good? Didn't they like help him out? Like, didn't they kill one of the bad guys? They gave him like a necklace or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All that that cool fan. I mean, Dunnard of Barbarian was great. I think that's why I actually liked the. uh, I was been getting into watching the Riddick movies again, but I always liked the Riddick movies because he's a big fan of D&D, and I always saw Riddick as basically Conan in space. No, He's a very much a Conan type character in space. I'm like, okay, so, that's really cool. Uh, Vin Diesel actually played on like one of the streaming people that uh, do uh, Dungeons and Dragons. He actually, yeah. actually he actually played was it the last uh, the last yeah, Witch, Hunter. Witch Hunter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His character, he liked his character so much, he made it into a D and D character. Yeah, yeah. He did on uh, Celebrity D and D with Matt Mercer. I think it was on the Nerd. Something like that. Yeah, the Witch Hunter movie wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't his best effort, but it wasn't bad. And I know he wanted to make a franchise out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's supposed to be a new Riddick movie. He's been working on it. Um, I would love... What? He's been working on it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just think, I, for what I gather, most of the Riddick movies out of his own pocket. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think that's why it takes so long. Well, I actually yeah. like those. Like I ever since Pitch Perfect, that's or not Pitch Perfect. Uh, <laughs> pitch uh, yeah, you know when he was yeah. in Pitch Perfect. Yes. Just put Anna Kendrick yeah. in Pitch Black, yeah. Pitch Black, I thought it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, Pitch Black yeah. is great. Yeah, I get definitely see where like you can't there's there's moments where it wanted to fall apart in the Chronicles of Riddick, but it was cool enough that it held together for me. Right. Yeah. It, and was one of, it was a huge departure. I, I, yeah. I remember watching that and being like, at first, like you said, I was like, I didn't like it. But then the more I watch over the years, the more I'm like, okay, well, I really like when they're running across the planet and trying to beat the sunset. That's like the heated, like mm-hmm. the sun's going to come. I'm like, okay, that's, that feels very much like the first movie, Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I liked, I actually liked the Necromongers. I did like the idea. I like the I like the idea of like intergalactic empires that just go mm. conquer planets. Like they're mm. just these Genghis Khan type conquerors that are just conquering because that's what they do. Also, I, I, of like, yeah. I like how they also they made them like extra bad. We're like, we're not here to annex you. We're here to kill all of you because we need your corpses to <laughs> right? repopulate. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I love that they expanded on like, like in, in uh, was it in? Uh, pitch black, they didn't really say much other than he was a Rafirian, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They mentioned yeah. it once, yeah, and then they expanded on it as they went further into the movies, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, what a Furian is, and like, where they yeah, want I need to it. actually like at least watch a playthrough or, or play uh, Assault on Dark Athena, uh, the prison oh, breakout, fantastic. yeah, because apparently it's canon, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I played both of the uh, Riddick games and I don't remember the storylines, I remember mm-hmm. they're good at liking them. Uh, but the uh, movies were, uh, I thought, were good. And you could, I mean, especially in the second movie, you really saw his love for D&D. Mm-hmm. It's the first movie, I think he just played a role. It was, the original movie was written by somebody else, and Vin Diesel played the role. But it, his character was so popular that he's like, well, dude, I could just take this character and run with it. No. And I think that's what they let him do. And then he went to his full D and D side, and added more, which I think was, I think it was kind of a departure a little bit 
because people don't expect it. But I think over time, I was like, okay, this actually kind of works. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I love the Necromonger, like the ships, like these huge faces, and it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I thought, okay, this is this is kind of cool. But it was definitely a departure from like the horror based movie that Pitch Black yeah. was. It is right. like straight up kind of fantasy. And then he kind of went a little more horror with the Riddick movie, the third one. Yeah. Uh, oh, they, they left him on the planet. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, him, uh, to really kind of combine all the things where it's him, the bounty hunters, the necromonger, but also I forgot the name of the the dark monster, but that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was supposed to. I read in an interview that the third Riddick was supposed to be Riddick leading the army into like the underverse, mm-hmm. like this world verse, and it was supposed to be his big budget. And it, the, the Chronicles of Riddick movie didn't do as well as he'd hoped, yeah. and so we had to kind of divert. Um, direction a little bit because he didn't have the money to do what he originally intended, and so he kind of just in the fir- beginning of the third one kind of ended the whole he became king, mm-hmm. and then just went back to the original Riddick, which I it, it, the way he did, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see that, and I never see, saw Riddick as wanting to do be a king anyways, and so mm-hmm. I almost so I'm like yeah. the way they did it, I'm like, okay, I mean, they, yeah, at least out. he addressed it, he he wrote it out that he you know yeah. he had this, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, but I know it was supposed to be like he was leading this army or whatever, and that he just didn't have the budget to pull it off. Yes. We're entering into the second half of the show now, so let's talk a bit about our own fantasy stuff, since we have fantasy comics either out or coming out or in development in some way. So we'll start over with uh, Mackenzie, since I believe uh, yours is... Uh, oh my god. Say it. Say yeah. it. Say it yes. right. Well, your, well, I mean, yours is the uh, probably the closest to uh, gracing the Silverline Kickstarter page. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you're not being ambushed by a cat, so uh, talk I'm a bit not, about I am. yeah, uh, talk a bit about uh, Night Rise, the uh, world building that went there, and uh, what kind of fancy elements you wanted to include, <clears throat> and what you liked about it. Well, you know, I I I always love fantasy, and I realize that's very vague to say, Lily. <laughs> um. We're just gonna, she's gonna be the special guest, you know. She is, um, and um, you know, I'm very selective of what I like, and I can't even tell you most of the time what I I like and what I don't like. I just I just I know what I like and I know what I don't like when I see yeah. it. Right. So, for the love of Liza, um, <laughs> so. So when I went into building Night Rise, I kind of got an idea for a plot and then tried to go with things that I think we talked about this before. Like um, I had been sick and I had been playing different video games of, of that, um, you know, I, I'm going to say time frame, like the even though it's fantasy, it would be like the, you know, the 16th, 17th century type deal that it was right. kind of meshed together. And I knew I wanted to do something with that. And once I started building and kind of doodling out the characters and I, when I approach something, I kind of go, okay, what can I do to make this different? Um, what's been done and works versus what hasn't worked. What, what can someone look at mine and know that it's, it's my story. So that's kind of what I went with building my characters and getting, um, you know, my unique characters down and then, fitting them into the storyline and then building from there and figuring out the rules of the world and what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, a lot of the times, you know, to make the characters believable, you know, you write, I always write a backstory for each of them, you know, and it could be anything that comes to mind. I could write down their favorite color 
Um, I just build and build and build. And like I said, sometimes I reference other, um, I uh, either I reference other fantasy shows or stories that I've seen, or, you know, I might just go, no, I just, I want to build my own today. Like, I just want to, uh, you know, this sounds great and this sounds great and mesh them together and go from there. So I'm a very, very sporadic world builder. <laughs> sure. Because some days I'm like, okay, I'm going to look up all different types of lizards on planet earth to make my dragon. And other days I'm just like, no, this is like a water breathing dragon. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sporadic, but it works. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So also there is definitely like, um, a darker aesthetic to do night rise. Uh, yeah. sort of, like, like, uh, Especially, we've seen the uh, the baddies and the way Quentin is doing their armors very yeah. much, you know, classic. Well, dark like Night Rise, I knew immediately, like I wanted it to be dark, mm-hmm. um, and I I tend to do that, um, you know, with other careers, like with uh, definitely with writing scripts, um, I tend to be really looked at for like animated films and definitely children's things and whatnot, and. Um, I, I, but I like writing dark. It's just for whatever reason with scripts that took off first, and it's really hard to work that in when you're known for children's things. So, like when it came to comics, I knew I wanted to go darker, and and necessarily not, but it's not like it's X-rated or R-rated or anything. But I knew the theme. I wanted to go darker with it. I wanted to look at it, and it'd be like you know something that I would read. And I tend to like darker characters and di- darker themes when it comes to that sort of things. Definitely. Uh, uh, so with the like initial concept, obviously we don't have like the preview in front of us yet. Mm-hmm. We have seen uh, some some sample pages, and you know you have a walking whale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when you're coming up like the concept for night rise uh what kind of popped to you first or did anything about you first was you just have anything like this seems cool i'm gonna build a story around it or did you have something on tell oh so for night rise i kind of like like i said i knew the time frame and i know like yeah. again i know it's a fantasy world it doesn't have a time frame but i knew i wanted something of that nature like i knew sure. i wanted um, you know, the, the houses with the, the straw, straw roofs and the wooden barriers and that sort of thing. Like I knew my setting, like I knew what I wanted necessarily. I didn't have everything perfect, but like, I was like this, like, this is what I love. I'd love to have this. And I wanted to kind of get my characters down. So my, my little assistant here that is still over here, but has stopped bugging me. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually was just trying to draw up with something. So I actually drew her as a person. And because, um, you know, you you, yeah. you beat off what's around you. Yes. And, um, you know, that that turned into Hale, who, you know, I knew when I drew him out, I, I didn't really. I love my Lily, but like her colors weren't mixing. And I was like, I'd love to have him be like a lynx or something. And I didn't know if that'd be possible. I think I played around for a while with him being a lion. But he can't, like, I felt like that has been done so much. I wanted to try something different. And um, then I drew, then I knew right off the bat, like, I knew about Harlow. And I was like, I want to do a dark elf. And I was like, they, the contrast of these two would be amazing. And um, I had a while ago, 
well, and then obviously justice came about uh, as our human, because I, I, you know, I always want, you know, that human attachment. Um, But I went through um, different animals that I had doodled up um, over the years of like, you know, I, so many, like I have, you know, deer mixed with foxes and, and obviously whales with legs and all this. And I kind of like played around with which one would fit into this world, but also which one is unique enough that when someone looks at this again, they'd be like, yes, this is night rise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the whale there, Kelby, um, I don't know. He just, he just fit and we had to change around his colors a little bit. So he wouldn't clash, but I don't know when it, you know, when it starts coming together, yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, I see it. I see it. I see it. And definitely when, um, Quentin started drawing them out. I, I got a better feel for them. So, I mean, it, it was re- like Kelby wasn't exactly how I imagined, but like as soon as because I had a more um, kind of reptilian um, whale, and you know that was something that Quentin was like, "Do you care if I change this around?" And I was like, "Absolutely." And I I like how he turned out because he's kind of. Um, and I don't want to say the comic relief, but he brings it with us having such a dark um, theme and, and, you know, dark setting and all that. He adds a little lightness to the page, I feel like. So, you know, we're able to use him in situations because he growls and he protects them, but like he adds something. So I'm always seeing if puzzle pieces fit. So it's always a matter of doodling and, and, and sampling and going, oh, this piece doesn't work. This piece does. So. It's like a puzzle. Just have to figure it out. The the characters and the story know what will work, and you kind of just have to listen to them. Absolutely. And do you have any uh, favorite parts of working on Night Rise, or anything that you like? You you've written and you're like, oh, this is going to be the best. There were so like I'll be honest with you, I. I'm really disappointed. I don't want to say disappointed. I'm, I like, I literally sat down and you know how like sometimes, um, you know, I hate to say writer's block because I, I don't feel like I get, because I feel like writers get writer's block in different ways. And some people don't go like, Oh, that's, you don't get writer's block. I get so overwhelmed with choices. I don't know what to do. And that's how I get writer's block because I have too many ideas and I don't know which one fits, and I can't hear my characters, how I call it. Because I know my characters that I've created are telling me what the they want to they want on the page, and I can't hear them. So um, I I really sat down with Night Rise, and once I had those characters, I mean, I wrote a beginning to an end. Like, no. I knew it. Like, I sat down, and in, like, two... It did take me two days, just because there was so much. And I wanted to get it right, and I edited, but like it, literally in two days, I had a story from beginning to end. And um, that's when Roland looked at it, and he goes, "We're only doing four issues," <laughs> and you know, broke it down to the just the four. But I'm telling you, I mean, I could probably do at least twenty four with like oh, a yeah. story I wrote. So, like that that one's really easy it's not always that easy but like i knew as soon as i got this and don't get me wrong you know when you i had the i had the whole idea but then you know when i was even writing issue one um you know i know uh, scott and i went back and forth because he i had like a 
and I want to say like a an intro um, to show like what had happened. And he was like, no, let's let's cut this out and save it for later or not have it at all. And it's like I had planned for that. And you make those small changes, but it didn't affect the bigger story. It just affected yeah. like, you know, that issue of how to how to storytell. So I can't say for certain, um, you know, what my favorite part is, because like, I, I don't know, I sat down and I wrote that entire thing and I was just like so happy that it like flowed like that. And it, it sounds so stupid, but you know how, you know, one of the big things and, you know, you went to Full Sail and, you know, when everyone always says kill your darlings when mm. editing things and I can't stand killing my darlings. <laughs> um, and I cut the, it sounds so stupid. He has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever, but my tiger wolf got cut out of the story and he got added back into like the first page. Mm-hmm. I, we saw Quentin yeah. uh, sketching in the, yeah. I think it was like two or three weeks ago. And like, I am just thrilled that that tiger wolf got it back onto the page. <laughs> nice. Like yeah. it has nothing to do with the story. I'm just like so thrilled. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was one like, uh, next to the fire, the guy next to the fire. Yeah, I was just so happy that tiger wolf <laughs> got back into that story. He has nothing to do with it. But I was like, there's my tiger wolf. <laughs> like he makes an appearance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, like I said, it's like, it's so weird because again, I always think of, I got to sit in a seminar with uh, one of the writers of The Little Mermaid and he talked about how like for Flounder, Flounder wasn't supposed to be the the companion for Ariel. It was supposed to be a dolphin. And you see the dolphin, he he was so upset about it. So they let him animate the, uh, have the dolphin in it for under the sea for two seconds. The dolphin swims by. And that was good because he got to see his dolphin. But no one else knew it, and everyone fell in love with it. That's, like, how I feel about this tiger wolf and, like, so many of my darlings that I've had to kill. I'm like, how can I sneak them back in? (laughs) Put them in a little little intro. Whenever I get my darlings back into my script, that's, like, my favorite part. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, So I'll take a little bit here to talk about uh, Soul Ascendant, and then we'll finish off uh, with... uh, Aaron talking about goblins because people can go buy that right now, so they should do that after the show. But I feel like the takeaway from that though was people should uh, back all of the issues of Night Rise because they're all McKinsey's favorite. Yeah. Uh huh. All my best work. They're all her darlings. Some of them. Yeah. So Soul Send It was an idea that I had rattling around because I am a fan of of Destiny and I like the mixing of fantasy and. essentially low science fiction yeah the idea of like very plausible science it's like would be attainable within the next 100 years or so and so but i like having just off the walls cracked out ideas uh for stuff so i would never guess that from you right uh so looking (laughs) at they weren't here when we came up with that like mushroom skater yes yes. that was the most random ass thing i still have that outline (laughs) I know we're gonna make it someday. It's gonna be Silverline's bestseller. Yeah, it'll be dope. It'll be great. It will. Yes. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so looking at a world where like faster than I travel is not plausible, but I want to have crazy superpowered space fights. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also I'm a fan of uh, history and ancient cultures. So my thought was like, well. 
realm worship the planets what and like the planets were gods what if the planets were actually gods <laughs> so um end up creating the idea of, and looking at the deification of mortals was another idea idea i borrowed from Roman mythology the idea that the planets would deify humans from their populations to be like demigods that led to serve their purpose okay and you end up creating like kind of like this fragmented this fragmented human empire where you know uh earth is very much still the roman republic um in the first issue, we end up meeting the first among equals, the prince, the, the princeps majoris, and the council as they decide what to do with this new hero Invictus. Uh, uh, the population on Jupiter is the most powerful economically and politically because that uh, you know they have Jove, the the god above gods, who's just like my people are just better at everything because. I say they are. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are. Uh, dealing with, and um, uh, dealing with also, uh, well, spoilers. Um, but dealing also, with spoilers. Yeah, dealing with spoilers. But dealing with some of the other gods who have like multiple facets to them that I could worve into how that would present in a human avatar of them. Or if they would even choose to use a human avatar and instead find somebody <laughs> to break the rules themselves and potentially set up a conflict. Um um part of the world building was setting up the rules of how uh magic or, or goddom would work in uh this near future uh whatever it is and something that happens in a lot of mythologies but especially in our political and legal everything was is the idea of gods having dominions so much so like in Roman mythology we have like the law of dominion where gods cannot intercept or uh, act on other gods dominion otherwise it, like they essentially get god sued god uh, sued <laughs> that's canon people just let yes. you know. if yeah. I get a letter ever sued by god I'm going to be very upset <laughs> yes. and I'm going to counter sue because I fell down a flight of steps for no reason <laughs> yes um the uh but um, kind of taking it up to the next step, like, well, what's better than gods? Well, what would demigods fighting and like commanding fleets of humans? Because that's visually appealing and not at all stressful on the artist. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the initial offset of this and kind of what I think what I like was most interested by when I was like, what made my little nerd brain tingle uh, was the fact that uh the sun god soul can't really have a dominion because you know we can't live on the sun that's incompatible with life uh <laughs> so he has to pick so when terra uh, the god of earth uh goes to sleep he has to pick a mortal from from earth to be his ascendant and mm. yeah and so it ends up breaking the uh, uh some of these laws and um uh, the Princeps Majoris and you know some of the other gods are like, well, that's a little weird. I don't like that. Um, uh, and he is like, well, guys, there's, there's a greater issue. I, there's a reason I needed to do this. So uh, dealing with kind of having, oh, kind of, what I heard about earlier, but the, the politicking of it all, but having these super insanely powerful demi, demigods and gods and space lasers, but still having it come space down lasers. to people not being able to do the right politicking because like, well. This is the way it should be done. He's like, well, c calm down. Let me be your hero for like two seconds. 
<laughs> so this is four issues, right? Is it this a one story issues. or is it is it open ended to continue? So yeah, it's uh one four issue arc. Um uh dealing with kind of a, a conspiracy amongst the gods. Uh, and uh soul having to piece together slash fight out the what's going on with that um also we deal with uh roman zombies which people didn't know rome had its own set of zombie mythology which is very fun to deal with um oh, that's kind of cool i, didn't, I didn't know that but i like it already yes uh so um uh, but yeah, it's four issues and kind of like making these that were uh once i had the idea and i put it down i'm like Oh, that's like the entire arc done, and I have room for much more. Uh, so hopefully, Night Rise and uh, Soul Send it do well enough that <laughs> like, hey, let's do another, let's do another volume. Uh, uh, oh. Yes, because <laughs> um, I mean, I love Wolf Hunter, and I'm very glad that people bought it, and I hope they continue to enjoy issues two and three. But uh, Soul Send it is very much uh, you can tell all of my brain juice went into it. I feel like. <laughs> Uh, Ew. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there are panels with brain juice in it, so if you enjoy that. Well, okay, uh, good, good. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just a metaphor. This is literally brain juice little, in the book. Okay. Yes, yeah. Uh, you get to watch uh, Vulcan, God of the Forge, smash some uh, some zombies uh, with his giant hammer. Uh, and there may be brain juice involved. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's Vulcan. Cool. Why wouldn't there be? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I do. I think it'd be kind of fun to not to get into like the uh, <laughs> the the issue that like uh, mythology professors already deal with, which is like Roman supremacy, where the fact that we have so much documentation on Roman mythology, but not a whole lot on like other cultures that <laughs> that Roman mythology kind of and Greek mythology kind of dictate a lot of like discourse when it comes to mythology. But I think it'd be kind of fun to have the brain in Egyptian mythology and Norse mythology, and even like maybe Chinese mythology in some way, and, and like. If I used to do a follow-up, the idea would be like, well, what if the Norse gods are from a different solar system? And so that's why you pictured them as raiders coming in, and then it'd be uh, essentially the Roman gods having to defend the solar system against uh, Viking raiders from a different uh, solar system, or something like that. Right, and instead that, that, of horned if, helmets, if it, they actually have horns? Yes. So uh, is this something you're doing in your comic, or is this an idea for... Uh, this is an idea for if I do a follow-up. Uh, this initial one is very Roman. It's very internal politics. Uh, some a god is doing something they're not supposed to, and another god has died as a result. So someone else broke the law to try and fix that, and everyone else isn't happy with him, uh, except for a few people who are like, "I can make some, I can make some gains off this. I'm going to sponsor this." Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, chaos, and uh, you get to, to to watch some stuff, and uh, but but uh, yes. Uh, but, uh, is, is important. Yeah, so, Rangers is important. Uh, that's maybe should, uh, if I ever bring in Bacchus, um, I'll have him with some Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so how far is the first issue along? The first issue was only fully written. Uh, it's being penciled. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it might also be. I'm not sure if the penciler is also inking it. Um, but we all, we have uh, it, first couple pages, I believe, are are arted. I'm not sure. We have, I think we were on the look for colorists at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm working on uh, bouncing between stuff. I'm also, I took on another job doing copywriting. So between that, I'm trying to get issue two written. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Helping I, people copyright? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing uh, web marketing for a HVAC company. Oh, really? In addition to the J job, in addition to making comics, in addition to making video content. <laughs> in addition to not sleeping, Tim. Sleeping's for... It's, for, yeah. it's bad. <laughs> uh, so, I, so do you have any other stories? Do you have Wolf Hunter in this story? These are two stories that you've written so far? Yeah, these are two stories I've written so far for Silverline. Um, I do have, if people uh, hump down my LinkedIn, um, I do have links to some previous publications. Uh, not too much fantasy. I do have a science fiction piece, which uh, it's kind of Lovecraftian. It's a person finding an uh, unfathomable vessel at the bottom of the Black Sea and uh, falling in love with it as the uh, water pressure breaks their uh, suit. That actually sounds kind of cool. Um, you need to make sure you put the links for those. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, it's a, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a quick read, but uh, I, I had fun with it, and I, the, it's, it's it's weird uh, writing from the first person of someone uh, actively having a um, uh, mental break from reality. And that's only a single, just a short story. Yeah. Do you sell any of your stuff on in a store or anything? Uh, no. So my other stuff has all been published in journals. Um, oh, okay. so it's that's all other people's property essentially. I mean, uh, oh, I'm maintaining the rights of the story, but the actual like publication, I could republish it if I wanted to. But um, all my short story and stuff goes through um, essentially journals or uh, academic competitions. Interesting. Is what, so you've written, have you written other comics before Wolf Hunter and this one? No, yeah, this is these oh, yeah, okay. are my first foray into comics. Yeah, okay, I thought I thought you did. Maybe I, I guess that's wrong. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, before this, I've been uh short for short friction and um uh sketch uh writing, but not at uh now getting into comics. Uh, being a comic fan for literal decades. Yeah, getting yeah. into it. Do you enjoy, do you do you like writing? Do you write full scripts for people? For comics, yes, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, uh, I, the Marvel style. Uh, I I feel like it works best if you are in an like an very set collaborative environment where like you and the artists are talking like regularly. Yeah, like but in the same are, room or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. But in these kind of situations where like you know it may be months before I hear back from the artist, I'm like I'm just gonna send you everything. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me if you want to make a change. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The West, the writer, um, he's very kind of like. I mean, whatever you want to do, he's you mm-hmm. know sensitive. very accommodating. Yeah, <clears throat> I will say as a submissions editor, the one thing I don't stand is people who write a script that is somehow both but neither. Uh, where you're like, all right, here's page one, it's full script. Page two, it's a sentence. Page three, it's a paragraph. Page four, full script. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, page no five, one's going to know what words. To... Yeah, no one's gonna, no one's not going to do this. I don't know what to do with this. Um, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> we won't be accepted at this moment. It doesn't fit our tone. <laughs> oh man, I you know it's funny. I've actually been starting to, yeah. When I redid my Goblins, I'd already done it, so I was redoing the book. So mm-hmm. I was just going off what I'd written. And changing it all to as I saw, saw yeah. fit. But now that I've thought about writing new comics, now I'm trying to decide, well, do I want to just storyboarder or do I want to write a script for myself? Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how to do yeah. what to do. 
I feel like if putting it on your memory, it could go either way for just working like with yourself. Like if you're like yeah. just trying it, like you you already know the idea. But depending on like how long it takes you to like get back to the page, you might come back and I'm like, man, where the hell was I? Well, not only that, <laughs> it also just running out of it. It was supposed to be twenty four. Like sometimes you just start thumbnailing it out and start mm-hmm. going. Pretty soon you realize, well, crap, I'm in the middle of the story and I got like four pages left because I ran out of room. Yeah. So I yeah. That, usually scripting kind of helps a little bit with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I for me, it sounds like the most hoity-toity, whatever. But for me, the Marvel script is my outline. Where like I'll do like the bullet point breakdown, kind of like yeah. I would for like a, a novel series or a film, where you do like the the, the beat by beat breaks. And then I break that up into issues, and then the issue I turn into a Marvel script as like my Mar- as my, my issue outline. Where I can make adjustments there, and then yeah. go on full script that. But uh, yeah. See, I yeah, just feel when I write my beginning in that, like I'll do it all out. Then I'll be like, okay, yes. by this page, I need to hit this plot line. There you go. Yeah. And by this, I need to hit this. But the rest, as long as I get A to B and B to C, so don't you know still- what happens in the middle. <laughs> You still have kind of like your your major beats, your your big three, yeah. but it's just the stuff in between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew. That, uh, yeah, well, I mean that's still, that's still pretty common. Like they're, yeah. they're like they're stuff that. Right. What's weird is we get someone who's like, "Man, I have this really good idea for a turning point, but I don't know what happens or what happens after it." And like, is that even a story? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like when people like come up to you know you're like a writer or something and mm-hmm. be like. Listen, I have this great idea, yeah. and it's this, but you can build around it, and then we can we can like share the profits yeah. or whatnot. I'm you like, should... this sounds like me doing all the work, and yes, I yeah. have my own ideas that I have not you written should, yet. You should totally write a story about my life. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I had. I remember my favorite was some guy I worked at a place, and he's like, "Dude, I got an idea for a comic book." And of course, they always have an idea. Like, I always <laughs> think it's funny that you're a writer. Yeah, so I don't have any ideas. Yeah. I'm looking for ideas, right? Obviously, yes. he's like, yeah, I got this guy that controls controls fire, and this guy controls ice, and I'm like, okay, oh, like I'm, I'm done Kombat. with that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> done with that before it's even like, yeah, yeah. You know. uh, but it's funny because they always tell you like their story, like you write my story, it's going to be amazing, and I'm like, I have my own stories. Oh well, you know. But um, I felt I felt really, really bad the one time because I had a, a friend of mine that I met while I was interning in Los Angeles come up to me and go like, hey, like, I want to, now he came up to me like, not, he's a writer too, so he's like, I just want to talk through the story with you because I have this idea and like, I just need someone to bounce ideas off of and whatnot. And he started to throw out the idea and he was like, but I don't know what's going to happen here and what's not here. And I don't know what it was, but what he was like, what he was laying down, I was picking up and I was like, oh my God, if you do it like this and the, and by like the end of the conversation, I had the whole thing filled in. And then he went, well, you just took my story and you did it better than me. So here's my notes. I want nothing to do with it. What? I'm going to go write something else. I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing about telling yeah. people, other people about your story. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. But That's it was like literally, like Tim said, he had like a turning point and he had no idea of characters. He had no idea how they were going to get there. He wanted to kind of mm-hmm. bounce ideas off. I thought of the whole thing and he was like, just take it. <laughs> Strangely enough, have any of you and you or Tim ever collaborated with another writer to write the same story? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's very, because I've noticed. Very different, yeah. It, um, 
it happens more so well especially working like in freaking writing like sketch uh like yeah. writing sketch comedy yeah. stuff like that's literally like the kind of the concept of it <laughs> it's like you and yeah. a bunch of other people are just like throwing ideas at a chalkboard seeing what sticks and then you're like all right we're going to the local theater to perform this i guess because I, I, I have a really hard time i really do yeah I can do well, it. Because I, I usually, time. yeah, because I usually write my story, and as I'm writing my story, I start to develop through lines mm-hmm. for these characters of what the event's going to happen later, and then the other person will come in and rewrite all my stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, make it worse, or sometimes make it better. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels, especially, feels very weird to rip apart a script because the rip apart a script, you have to rip apart so much because it's panel by panel. So it's can't like no. I can't just rewrite a paragraph. I have to rip up all these panels and rewrite this sort of complete section because the panels aren't going to flow together. And so that gets more annoying. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 I've had that before where people have have you know worked with people and they come in and rewrite my stuff. And you realize the other person is not a writer or is not very good at yeah. writing. And it's how do you very, explain? You to have them? to have like two people that have the same creative flame. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like that's very hard to get. You get it sometimes, but it's just very yeah. hard because yeah. or- sometimes like I have I have a colleague that and now he doesn't write comics, but anytime I run a script by him, I'm like, hey, I wrote this feature film, da 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 da. He, uh, you know, he always wants to change it into a TV script because that's how his brain works. Right. And I had yeah. to learn, like, I can't run this by him because he's going to want it this way. And it's not that he's yeah. wrong. It's just that our thought processes are different. So you kind of have yeah. to find someone that that definitely matches the same creative flame as you. Or at least yeah. have, like, someone who did enough whippets in, like, the mid-2000s that when, like, <laughs> someone has an idea, they're meaning, yeah. like, like, this is weird. I don't want to talk about it. It's like... The, the the idea that like or what the the process that I find found like the most successful is in the like developmental stage for mm-hmm. collaborations like yeah. when we're doing our craft episode where you know I come in like all right skateboarding mushrooms and McKinney's like yes you're on something I'm into it uh, he he loves a garden gnome yeah yeah <laughs> and just go with it well it's sometimes I've noticed uh, we get really good. <laughs> Usually, the sign of a beginning writer is somebody who overexplains in their dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that with a lot of independent yeah. comics. Yeah, where they're like explaining. And I tried to ex- explain the one. It's like if somebody says, you know, in real life, if somebody's going to the store, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the store. Uh, but in their story, they'd be like, well, I'm going to get in the car, turn the key on, start the engine, go to the store, and go down the aisle 14 and grab it. It's like, yeah, you don't need <laughs> you don't need all of that. Um, dialogue's the hardest to write, and a lot of people try to – I think a lot of writers get nervous and not going to like communicate everything, so they over-communicate in the dialogue, and that immediately just bores the crap out of people. No. It just gets boring, and people just turn off. And, and speaking yeah. of uh, you know being a writer and, and doing it to uh, successfully complete a series, uh, Aaron, why don't you take like the last twelve minutes here to tell us all about goblins and sort of your your elements and working in fantasy there. My fantasy, oh man! Well, here I'll, I'll share. I can I can uh, here. Let me uh, share my screen so you guys. He's got visual aids. Of course, I got visual aids. Yeah, there's there's my stuff. So it's an issue format now, and I I, I am done with with the whole thing. Um, I am making a graphic novel out of it, yeah. and I'm working on getting that. I have some formatting issues and stuff. But were you still weren't you on the fence about whether or not you wanted to make it hardback or not? 
Uh, I like the venture maker hardback. It's just cost, straight up cost. Gotcha. It's expensive. I mean, the doing the paperback is like thirty dollars for a paperback because it's three hundred pages. So doing it hardback would be, yeah, it'd be expensive. Um, it would be a very much like I print like three and it'd be a one-off thing. <laughs> um, and I'd have to find somebody to do it. Um, and I don't even know if you can actually do even small print runs in hardback. I don't think you can, but I'm not sure. So, right. yeah, it's just about these. I think I can get a bit these three gods. The middle one is this god of lightning. And then Doom, the one with the club, is a god of... the. I call it the warrior spirit, but he's just kind of a warrior. And then Crystal is the god of towering rock and stone. I, I created this story in high school. And um, basically, and I'll just stop sharing uh, the mm-hmm. thing. Um, the idea was just like, well, what if you had, what if you had gods who didn't want to be gods? They didn't want to do that because everybody in every story, like everybody wants to be a god. I'm like, yeah, but what if you had gods who didn't want to do that? <laughs> I don't want to be a god. I don't want the responsibility of taking care of a universe and running things and making things. And so, I made them teenage gods. That was, and I just started with the question, and like, well, teenagers are always rebelling against their parents. So, what if you had? these three teenage gods that just left no other reason. They just didn't want to, they didn't want to be gods. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to go have fun and basically take like their mom's car, the parents car out in the run. And in doing so, they inadvertently caused a rebellion, which kills thousands of people. And that's, um, Oh, thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Um, and that's so the, the fantasy part come in, comes in later because the story is kind of this, the first five issues kind of tell one story, then something dramatic happens in issue five. And then the story kind of, I don't know if it resets itself. You'd have to read it to kind of find out. And then that's more of my no fantasy. Spoilers. No, no spoilers. Uh, but my, my God's a little more sci-fi or whatever. But as far as fantasy, this is stuff which is made up out of my head. It's not based on any any uh myth like uh, mythology human mythology not based on greek gods or roman it's just i mean they're just basically these sort of beings who have developed a master of uh molecular reorganization they can control things on a molecular level and if you can do that you basically can become gods through science and that's exactly what happened that's what they did they were gods of their own making um and so they just kind of ended up making a universe as reasons why that happened and uh, and then became these sort of caretakers of the universe they made so but then i also talk a little bit about life starting on a planet and how that's kind of what sort of the fantasy element comes in mm-hmm. but yeah they're just teenage gods not based on anything I, and i like doing weird designs i do have mythologies about how they're create how the gods are created uh the school so a little bit of the politics whatnot uh, that's written into the story, but just enough. It's a personal tale, but the main God's a God of lightning. And I, I, he's supposed to be like a living lightning bolt. So yeah, if I had one of the scenes in the story, he actually is holding some fruit and he light, he lights it on fire because he's, <laughs> he's a lightning bolt. And, um, he's a human and, Pikachu. He is. And, and none of my, my fantasy stories to have no humans in it. I, I yeah. don't like to write about earth or humans. Earth is not even a concept. It's, I just, I just because that way I can talk about higher concepts, philosophical ideas, not have to worry about like, well, what about these humans? Like, ah, they don't exist. I don't care. Right. I don't want to get into human politics. I don't want to deal with any 
any human, you know, social issues or any that and none of that. So it's all just completely written out of my humans story. are gone. For for, <laughs> for, for, for for politicking and religious strife, you should check out Soul Ascendant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 mine. Mine is not that way, and it's more of a personal story of what this the main god is Boomer. What he goes through, he ends up wanting to be free and it's kind of my philosophical take of what freedom is what 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 that actually means to be free and this philosophy in it my minor oncologist philosophy so i put some philosophy uh stuff in it so i i push your brain a little bit fate versus free will is one of my favorite i don't try to overpower it but i do put some philosophical arguments because i've never seen comics do that like take on a philosophical argument straight on so i'm like fine i'm gonna do it myself because i like talking about that crap so that's mine. But yeah, so the original story was that the original, back in high school, the gods come down to earth and it was supposed to be none of the gods. You can't reveal yourself to human beings because the, in the original story, the idea is you reveal yourself to human beings that there are, are gods that exist. Humans will quit, try, quit striving and quit trying to do better because if they know gods are there and could do stuff for them, they're just going to turn around and start worshiping the gods. In other words, you can't rule. You can't rule society, like as a god, if they know that you're ruling them, because then they're just going to stop doing everything and ask for favors from you. So you have to keep hidden. And once the teenagers came down, and revealed themselves, they had to literally destroy Earth and start over again. So these kids' weekend getaway destroyed all of Earth. Cool. And really big, like just ultimate destruction and lot of sort of like haphazard. And my, my original one, like, was kind of comedy. You had, like, gods of, like, styrofoam and gods of, like, there were, <laughs> like, like there were gods of everything. And then years later in college, I decided to, to go back at that story and expand it. And the original story was five issues. And then I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I started mm-hmm. thinking, well, what would happen if the original ending I had was different? And what if I did a story dealing with that? And that, and then I was, uh, out of that, what, seven more issues after that dealing with it? So, yeah. And then I ended it. There'll be no more. It's So if you, if you, you know, go to my store and get it, it's 12 issues. It's one book. Uh, I will put it in the one book. There's no sequels to it. There's no sequels planned. It's, it's a one thing. Um, no universe building, none of that. It's its, it's, its own little thing. <laughs> People right. have asked me if I want to do more, and I'm like, no. Nah. If you read the story, you might understand why, but it's yeah. no, yeah. So I have other stuff, but yeah, tale. it's part. It's part the idea. I've always liked the idea in fantasy that you know, like you've talked to him, like science from advanced races would look like magic to us. Mm-hmm. So technology will look like magic, and I always like that idea. Like it's not really magic; you just don't understand it, so it looks like magic. And the same thing here. So yeah, yeah. So, but I have, I, I do have it all posted on Webtoons, um, but then you could also buy it, you know, his support. Me, you can buy it off my store, and then, um, like I said, this, I was going to split the original graphic novel into three, but I actually found that it's actually cheaper to buy it as one book than three books. I found that weird, but it's actually true. <laughs> So I'm like, well, fine. It was always meant to be one book. It was never meant to even be split into 12 issues. I did that just to start to disseminate it into the world so people can see little bits of it. Um, but it was always written to be one book because there's like actual chapter breaks, like yeah. chapter two, chapter in the book. It's written in that. So nice. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
we're coming up at the end here. Uh, Jose, any ending thoughts? Uh, your own experience of fantasy, anything you want to jump into the conversation with? Um, just that, I mean, Aaron has, you know, his own fantasy, his own world. And, you know, and I live in my own world, too. Yeah, he lives sure. in his own world. I was going to say, Jose lives in his own little fantasy that he's actually the favorite compared to, you know, yeah. Listen, Queen I, McKenzie. I held the title for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't hold it against a little girl. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. <laughs> no, just like I mean, if you don't, if someone doesn't read fantasy, you know, they should at least give it a try. Like, I mean, yeah. the idea it, it helped for me because I was able to read like fantasy books and like it's 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 a, it's a form of escape just like comic books just like any other mm. any other thing role playing or whatever it's just a form of escape and sometimes like just as, as you know people we need that escape and so i know for some people it's like oh i like i like more mystery stuff or i like um you know uh like crime novels i personally love noir stuff but like fantasy fantasy is my chance to get away and like see you know, fantastic things. You know what I mean? See, yeah. I love Darth Vader. Yes, you love Darth Vader. That is a fantasy that will never go away. <laughs> so yeah, just if you haven't tried it, give it a try. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, we got some besides Night Rise. Don't we have in your is fantasy? I thought we have some other fantasy comics coming out. Well, that Beyond the Stars is kind of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, the stars. It was kind of funny when I saw that. I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like it's. What's that bear one? Isn't that yeah. fantasy? Yeah, it's uh, like Winnie the Pooh, but it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, if you think about it, Winnie the Pooh is high fantasy, and that it's uh, as a <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is actually a, a shaman, and uh, oh god, yeah, yeah. Um, it's but, cool. uh, I'm gonna yeah. go back to holding Darth Vader's hand now. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Beyond the stars, got location like saw. I'm like, well, it's kind of like space Spartans and space Greeks. Interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was like the first thing I thought about when I saw it. So I'm going to go from that to uh, to space Romans. Like, then eventually we'll have to deal with this space Trojan War where they uh, were one of the space Romans steals one of their wives and they have to invade my universe. I, <laughs> I remember reading the sci-fi book that I, I can't remember what it was called. My friend borrowed it. And it was about these advanced humans that were recreating the Trojan War on Mars. Yeah, And I was like, why and I don't remember why from the story why they were doing it. Mm. And I'm just why? like bored. Like, was it was it just something goofy to do? I mean, yeah. And like they kind of retold the Trojan War, but it's supposed to take place on Mars. And then by the end of it, there were like a bunch of aliens attacking and they'd broken out of the Trojan War, they're gonna attack the gods. And I was like, huh. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if they had. The, I can't really remember. It it's like they can't be playing the. I don't know if they were studying the war. I, it's been a while. I mean, and but there were like three different storylines going through the book or whatever. Uh, my friend really liked it. I've always been much more when it comes to fantasy. I like the individual quest. Mm-hmm. I've never been a big fan of like massive armies fighting each other. That doesn't do much. Yeah. For like me, uh, but... was it the uh, Shinara books, right? Yeah, Sword of Shinara, I think something like that. Yeah, like individual, like, you know, like a band of heroes out fighting, yeah. you know, exploring dungeons and stuff. That was always my favorite. I was like, I when like the Aragorn series, even though it didn't get picked up, did that really well. Like, I know it did have battles, but, like, yeah. it was all about, like, the character and the world developing more than yeah. the actual battles. 
Well, Conan was and a we, classic. People will know that once yeah. Disney actually does something with the rights that they bought. Yes. Uh, my, Did they my, buy, the right, buy, buy the rights to Aragorn? Yeah. They bought the rights, like, I'm going to say, like, eight years ago. Uh, my favorite character, as far as it's like individuals going on a quest, it does have outraging like consequences, but of course, you know, Ari Salvatore yeah. just looks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I li- I've always liked that kind of like the, the mighty warrior against the world of dragons and dungeons and stuff. Dungeons um, and dragons. Yeah. I'm dungeons telling you, you need to read, uh, if you haven't yet, read the Icewind Dale trilogy. That is amazing. So good. Did you guys ever watch the, D- the old D&D cartoon? The 80s deal, right? You know I did. Yeah. What? You know I did. Did you ever hear the ending episode? Because they actually uh, did write an episode to end it. Yeah, they. as far as I know, they didn't make it home. Right? Am I they, wrong? Well, some did. Um, the thing was, <laughs> loads of PTSD. Well, the funny thing is, the <laughs> one thing that was like really cool in it, and they actually, you can find, somebody actually took the script and animated it. That's so you cool. can actually go on YouTube and watch the final episode of this guy. And he did a good job animating it. But the thing that was really cool is they came to like the edge of the world, the fantasy world. And when they looked underneath it, it was like this this whole piece of land that was held up by these huge columns that stretched into nothing. Huh. Like the whole world was like a huge tabletop. That feels like something out of Digimon. Digimon but it was like the whole world is supposed to be one huge tabletop. Get it? Yeah. Like, table, I like, like, I'm like, that's... I was like, that is a cool concept. I remember a song like there's actually an edge to the world and they found it. That does feel like Digimon. I, I feel like yeah. that's the end to Lost. Is that what <laughs> yeah. they did the end of Lost? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're this right. was all done in the 80s before Lost and the Digit yeah. crap, whatever she's talking about. And um <laughs> Wow. I'm gonna send uh Agumon after your ass. Okay. I could take him. It's yeah, probably really a, small. Isn't that the, the baby T Rex looking one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was my favorite. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, but I remember that was. I was like, oh, that because they wrote and they just because they found they were going to be canceled and they wrote the script and they never got a chance to animate it. Uh, but they did end it. And some of them, like I think the wizard boys stayed in the world and grew older, and I think some others stayed, but a lot of them went back. They had a choice whether they go back, and some stayed, and some went back, which I thought was kind of a cool concept. Interesting. I feel I knew that. Because the wizard guy, I think, fell in love with somebody from that world and stayed and had a family. He fell in love with Uni. Uni, yeah. The unicorn. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Did you ever get in the Thundar to Barbarian speaking of post-apocalyptic stuff? Yes. Uh, I love Thundar. Uh, that was such Thundar a. I mean, even the amazing. intro to that cartoon is you can they can never do that intro now. I mean, they show the Earth being split in half and the Moon, and it's like, good God, yeah, and like that's, demons and stuff. As far as like the the no, the far end of like high fantasy goes, like the reason I love Age of Sigmar so much, uh, coming from Warhammer Fantasy, yeah. it is connected lore wise. Uh, the Emperor of Mankind, our fantasy, gets so religious he goes on a pilgrimage, finds his God's hammer. Becomes his god, and then has a fight with the uh, ever chosen of the demons on the highest peak on the world. They fight so hard the world explodes. That's oh. uh, for Age of Sigmar. Yeah, that's and then uh, uh, Sigmar. Yeah, and then the emperor of the humans becomes Sigmar. Goes flying through space where he gets picked up by a dragon who's like, "Hey, I created eight new worlds. Do you want to be their god?" He's like, "Yes, actually, I'd like to be someone's god." Uh, and then uh, the ever chosen of the demons comes back through a hell portal. I was like, I'm going to wreck your stuff. Q Age like of Sigmar. Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th. Uh, 
no, yeah, Friday the 13th. Yeah, Jason, so, Jason Voorhees, yeah, essentially, yeah. 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 Archeon the Everchosen is the Jason Voorhees of the Warhammer world. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Jason went, got frozen, then he went to space, yes. then he came back, then he drowned. I was like, you lost me. Yep. Well, Jason. I just assumed he was indestructible. Wasn't Jason supposed to be like indestructible? Pretty much. It was like Jaws. He always came back. Yeah. yeah. You killed the, the shark one. every movie, and as the shark l- still returned. As long as kids do naughty stuff in the forest, he will come back. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, because I remember, yeah, it got more and more ridiculous as a because if you can't ever defeat him. You know, there, there's, there should be some way to at least stop him. And usually in the movies, they find some way to Here's stop him. Here's a great idea. Him. Just leave the camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Since he never seems to go out and kill beyond the camp, just don't go yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. You know. I remember, it was funny. Well, I remember watching a making of Halloween. And i never seen Halloween. And I still haven't, which is weird. I don't know That's why. That's weird. <laughs> uh, considering it's like it's such a classic I just need to sit down and why, I don't know why uh, but I remember them saying like they never put blood in the original Halloween movie there was no blood I'm like oh I didn't know that and so hmm. when they made Friday the 13th they're like well, we're going to take the same thing as kind of like the Halloween with the guy in the mask but it's all going to be all blood and all sex and so they just went completely raunchy you know, after ask, Friday I'm like oh the boy. The boy uh, would know. what the boy would know my son loves Halloween yeah <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. So they were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna like the idea of doing like the gory kills and stuff." Kind of started with Friday the Thirteenth. It started as that sort of slasher form. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I do appreciate. It. This is a, a subject for another day. We'll probably get close uh, in more to horror like a, a later date. But my favorite thing is kind of like the um, the grindhouse style, like like murder murder movies, <laughs> like uh, the Belko experiment. Uh, yeah. like, like, all right, these people are just here to die. That's the movie. Well, did you ever like see that World in the War Woods. II one? <laughs> um, what was the World War Two when they just made it recently? It's o- Overlord. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. About that, the zombies or something like that. Yes, yeah, that was a fun awesome. one. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, production values. That's like Wolfenstein. Oh, that, I mean, they should have just named that Wolfenstein. Uh, it was it's pretty much Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah. I saw it with my friends, and he does not do horror movies at all. So yeah. like it's not even scary; it's just bloody and gory. It's it's yeah. a grindhouse mo- movie, and he's like, "Man, I'm not, I'm not vibing. I'm not That's having a good time." I feel about Saw. I don't feel like Saw is like scary. I think it's just like I thought the original yeah. Saw was an interesting concept. You didn't know which guy in the room was the guy. Yeah. 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 And then later on, they started, and then I didn't watch anything after the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I yeah, I watched on, and um, we actually so in in full cell, you have your portfolio classes where you have to present an idea or a concept or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, it's like our capstones uh, where we had to like defend yeah. our our writing for uh, whatever. I don't know if they still do that or if that was just like something they tried out what like one eyes going through. But maybe uh, I blocked it out. <laughs> but yeah, in our portfolio one, we had to write um, essentially a film proposal and like create like uh, you know what our uh, uh, these would be. And, oh wait, yeah, I did yeah. Darkwing Duck. Okay, yeah, and our uh, our, our tentpole is we have the franchise for Saw, and uh, but the thing that like the entire group kind of stuck with the fact that Saw was actually a uh, the whole reason why Jigsaw was doing that is because he had died from cancer, and he felt like he wasn't grateful enough, and that no one in life was. Um, really had empathy for what he's going through and he doesn't even very bitter 
And then he realized that as he got better, he wasn't grateful. So he got a bunch of people who are on the, like, uh, in terrible situations, are on the verge of dying. And he said, like, if they survive this, it would make their life a thousand times better. But both materially and also they'll be grateful for life. Uh, well, those, Wonder Years episode? Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. And so we were like, well, what if we were to reduce how we'd get Gary Oldman? Because you get Gary Oldman. Uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah, and we made it a, a story about PTSD where uh, he was a, a war vet who came back and realized that he was so bitter at life and that everyone was so bitter at him because, uh, you know, uh, no one's really feeling like wars are necessary at the moment. And he's like, and, and even if he agrees with that, there's there's no, like, no one's trying to help him through dealing with PTSD. And so, um, uh, essentially, he would do, he'd set up something similar where, people be put through traumatic situations where uh, uh, at the end they would realize that, you know, there are people who have <laughs> gone through that same situation yeah. and that, you know, you need, you, you should be understanding that people who've gone through that. Yeah. And so uh, that actually ended up getting the highest marks in the class because we, 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 we did a film that was both incredibly brutal and violent, but also had like a moral behind <laughs> <Had> a lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's I think cool. it is funny. I'm I usually I'm more like supernatural mm-hmm. horror, the slasher flicks. I saw, like I said, I saw the first saw. Yeah. I know is is because just so I know, is this is the jigsaw character supposed to be a guy behind mm-hmm. it, or is it like a possessed doll or it's 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 a it's a guy, so yeah. Uh that, oh. I kind of spoiled it, but I don't he know. Used, if he, he uses he, the doll as like Yeah, the... he uses the doll as, as his uh, avatar since you might don't do you, oh, do you okay. care about spoilers for the Saw franchise? <laughs> no, not not really. Yeah, no. yeah, Jigsaw had had died of cancer, um, essentially, and this was his way of creating uh of Did teaching. he not die until like the fourth movie? He died, oh, he was he on he's dying and then in the fourth one, movie right? actually oh, died. The second one. Yeah, yeah so timeline wise he had died in the he died before the second one. He died between one and two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Three oh, was a uh, yeah three was a prequel ish ish. Yeah. Uh, and then four and four was actual uh like the in between where he saw him dying. But yeah. uh uh he had died of cancer and this was his way of uh, and, and realized that he becomes so bitter at everything, but he wanted to teach people to be thankful for living. So, uh, uh, it's the thing where it's and ironically, be better people, <laughs> yeah. So, he's realized by, by putting so he he just he wanted to torture people in the way that he felt he had been tortured and then hoped that they become better than he was. I thought right. they all died, they never died from his puzzles. They survived. so, so well, them... that's the point. He always yeah. makes puzzles where everyone can make it out. Like, if you actually yeah. like work together or like yeah. are smart and mm-hmm. don't think about you yourself, everyone could get yeah. out, but yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, he, he no he one ever like, does, yeah. He, he designs puzzles where he, he says, like, you chose to die here, like. You could have had empathy. You could have worked together, but you chose to die. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. There's a few. That was one I didn't. I think yeah. only the horror one. I watched Evil Dead just because of Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Um. Everyone should watch Evil Dead because of Bruce Campbell. I'm just yes. Thinking. Yeah, I haven't even played the, the new TV game. Show. I want. I want to play the new. The game, game looks gonna, super fun. Yeah, I want to yeah. try to talk to my friends into like they, I get four people and like we should play the Evil Dead game. Yeah, so if they make like a Steam party pack, we should just you know get it for the channel and we'll have like a, a Silverline <laughs> Evil Dead night. Oh, I had, you know, it's funny. I, I had a awesome. I had a friend <laughs> who watched the new 
Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, she's like, well, it's, it seems like, you know, more horrific. And well, yeah, it's because of Sam Raimi. Yes. And yeah, at, uh, at the middle there, Sam Raimi was like, by the way, this is my movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's strangely enough, I was like, well, have you ever watched The Evil Dead? She's like, oh, no. I'm like, That's you surely like, uh, watch him. She's like, no, nah, not really. I'm like, really? I'm like, come on. It's like so Ed classic. Wood, right? The movie Ed Wood. Yeah. He, he went to uh, that church group to get funding for yes. his horror movie. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I had fun explaining to my friend that, like, uh, the, the Bruce Campbell bit. Wait, like, well, is every- that how I go get funding for my movie? Yes. Yeah, evidently. Yeah. I go and I take my, say, here's my Kickstarter, fund my movie. Yeah. Yeah, so in the movie, Just tell him that's what uh, Jesus would do. Johnny Depp in it, by the You're way. Right. Uh, but in the movie, Ed Wood, he goes to a church and the church wants to make this, like, movie that, uh, it's like a movie slash documentary about like god and the bible and stuff he's like oh yeah i can do that takes the money and makes his finishes his horror movie they go yeah this is while they're filming the pastor's there and they're like why is this person dressed like a vampire like oh it's all part of the story it's all part of the story (laughs) and just like lies his way around and then in order to get the money his like entire crew which includes like bill murray who plays this gay guy right and they all have to get baptized (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know so this movie at all. oh it's it's i mean i don't want to say it's old but it's old well a lot of countries like canada and stuff will actually uh give uh funding to independent movie projects what's the stuff. name of this movie though ed wood ed wood ed yeah wood. he's really the one who did it's, uh it's the last movie bella lugosi played in yeah, wasn't that yeah, the one, I'm... like, did he do from space, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space? Wasn't that yeah, Ed Wood? Ed Wood was the one that created that movie. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the reason why every art film seems to come from France is because the, the, the French Art Commission are like, hey, you're making a movie? Cool, here's a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most countries do that. We, we Unfortunately, we do not. We do it state by state. If you're filming in Georgia, they're a little more handy with it. But Yeah, that's why everything is filmed in Georgia. If you watch to the end of yeah. the credits... No mm-hmm. It's always like that Georgia peach. <laughs> yep. yep. But if you're an independent fr- a filmmaker, uh, France is great. Uh, French Canada also great. If, if they speak French, they're probably good. If they speak French, they're probably good. Um, uh, if you're an independent also, movie maker watching this, go fund my film, please. There you go. <laughs> Australia also uh, does a lot of funding for small film productions. Wait, go fund McKinsey's film. Yeah. It is not Plan 9 from Outer Space. No, that's much better. It's like yes. it's like a horror teddy bear film. Um, yeah, just just the most yes. disgusting, vile thing about kids and teddy bears. with ca- with carrier what? pigeons. Watch it, yeah, watch it like your numbers go up. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Quick. It has a lot. Of, what did you say? You just have to say there's boobs in it. Yep. Yeah, just for boobs in it. That's usually in some capacity. <laughs> boobs and you're good. I've actually thought about that. In my golly's like. Like, you know, I don't have, like, make an actual cover with boobs on it where I'm, like, explaining the story. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that sounds okay. Then show him the cover with the boobs. Sold! You know, right. it's and like, every drama. time you hashtag, it's, like, all sci-fi, gods, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then there's somebody's boobs. boobs. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> it just... <laughs> yep. I remember I had a friend who actually, when he did Instagram, he used to do the hashtag kitties and puppies. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, does your thing is like, no, no kitties and puppies. Everybody searches for them, so it always comes up in their feed when they. <laughs> I always oh like God. when I do when I post personal stuff, like stuff that I draw just on my own, yeah. or you know what I mean. It's always you know comic book artists, like you know the, my my tools I use for hashtags, and yeah. always at the end, the last one is always bird. 
Bird, yeah. Yeah, just bird. And it's come from a, a, an argument or a conversation I had with my best friend where like we we're just like, dude, how come you didn't tag it? It was a bird in there. Like, fine, I'm gonna tag bird in everything from now on. There you go. It's been three yeah. years straight. <laughs> uh, well, it has you? been uh two hours. Yeah. So yeah. we we've got to cut it for tonight. I know we gotta cut it for tonight, uh, but we'll be back next week. Uh same bat time, same bat channel. Uh talking about uh a subject which I've lost, so we'll announce it next week. Yeah, uh, live again on this channel. Well, we won't be here live. Another team will be here live Wednesday, and another team after that will be live on Sunday. Uh, Eastern yeah. time, both days uh, for Wednesday. And the next time you Sunday. see my face, I will have Hayden Christensen return to me. Yes. Uh, so she'll be talk. squealing and running around the background. Probably, probably the first <laughs> hour of the show, we'll be talking about Obi Wan. Right. Um, so I have to I'm, watch I'm it? Yes. Oh, and hopefully uh, Pete will have had the baby. Yes. Oh yeah, isn't his wife in labor or something? Yes. Yes, we might have uh, child Silverline. Uh, That's right. Yes. Uh, baby so Silverline. I keep I keep trying to get him to to name the baby Jose, but so far, uh, yes, Tanya's not feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Always time for surprises. I know. That's right? true. Yeah. All right. Well, we have been uh, that Silverline show on Tuesday. We have uh, go by Godlings uh, and get ready to back. Night uh, Night Rise, and they have Soul Send it rattling someone in your brain. So, oh, you see, thank you for backing us. uh, the sci fi extravaganza. Yes, thank you for yeah. backing us. That you got uh, that is now uh, on its way to the printer pending you know final changes to the documentation. But Obsolete's Beyond the Stars and yeah. Cray will be uh, in your mailboxes here soon. Um, so- and you can find my Godlings book at humphreysillustration.bigcartel.com last name h-u-m-p-h-r-e-s that's my store and i have two kids books in there too so it's not just that <laughs> and you can find me uh on google uh i have managed to beat the seo game so when you type in tim tk my my socials are not first to pop up it's no longer tim takahashi of espn fame take that tim <laughs> that's right <laughs> My name always comes up. As long as you spell my last name right, like I always pop up first because the last name spells so differently. There so. Okay. I guess we say the make mine silver line. Make mine yes. silver line. Make mine, make mine silver line. silver line. Right. Okay. Everyone. Make mine uh, silver line. Silver line, make it. Make, make the silver. Make, make the, the silver. Silver the line. Hashtag from now on. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.